Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partnered with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Making necks. Making necks. I bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Gambling Feud Podcast on episode 23, Jordan episode, baby. My name is Kyle Comish. You can find me on Twitter at Comdog and LeBron episode, I guess, too, DJ. And joining me, as always, my cousin and co-host at DJ Love 4422, DJ Luch. DJ, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good, Kyle. You beat me to it. I was going to say, well, it can be your Jordan episode, but it's my LeBron episode, but... Uh, to each their own. They're both great players. So it's the, the Jordan LeBron episode. Great, great episode where we got ahead of us. I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, no, life's good, man. And I'm I'm dying a little bit of boredom because there's no baseball on really. I mean, I watched the home run derby last night. Um, I'm watching the all-star game right now, uh, but there's not been daily baseball. So betting wise, that's kind of my main. I mean, I almost go five baseball plays every single day. So I, I feel like uh, Ricky Bobby in the Talladega Nights where he, he brings his hands up in the interview. and He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, that's kind of how I feel. I just don't know what to do with my bets uh, because there's no baseball. So I'll figure it out. And I mean, Friday, there'll be a full slate of games and I'll have a massive 10 card, 10 play card day. So it should be good. But how are you doing, buddy? I, I I'm with you, DJ. There's nothing there's nothing to bet on. I mean, like we got the NBA finals tonight. And otherwise, like, I think there's maybe like one, maybe two games on Thursday for the MLB, but like, we don't have a full slate of games going until Friday. So like you people following our Twitter page, where we're wondering where the heck's you and DJ's cards. We have nothing to bet. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is, this feels like COVID times. There was nothing. Honestly, it's it, seriously, it, it's like scary. Um, I don't even know what you call it. Uh, when you get like bad memories, like I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this, yeah, flashback. This is a scary flashback. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I remember a time when this was every day, every day for multiple months was like this. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I'm glad as a world and at least as a country, we've transitioned out of it and life's basically back to normal. So uh, much appreciated. Uh, you know the. When you see when you see something or when the world is bad, then you realize how good it is when stuff's actually functioning and stuff like that. So, yeah, Absolutely. bless up. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, DJ, but I know you and I both <clears throat> watched the home run home run pick him yesterday. The guy that you kind of knocked on being in the contest in the first place, Pete Alonso, did end up beating Trey Mancini twenty three to twenty two in the finals, but. What were your thoughts about that whole contest, DJ? Anything particular stick out to you that you really enjoyed? Yeah, so I guess, A, the reason why I knocked on Pete Alonso is because he has, like, 12 home runs this year. Um, that doesn't mean he can't hit home runs. He just hasn't produced on the field, and I don't know if he deserves. But he put on a show. So, like, I get it. I get why they put him in. I understand. 
And I watched his first round, and my, my buddy had a bet on Pete Alonso. And I said, dude, that's cashing. After the first round, I just like – he's – like, if you look at effort-wise, he was the only player that put in – not he didn't put in, like, zero effort, but it looked effortless. Like, he just swung, and the ball just flew, and he could do it with ease. And it helped that his pitcher was the most consistent pitcher. His pitcher just threw everything in the same little spot. And, yeah, Pete Alonso's got just insane power – and all around that home run derby was awesome. I mean, Colorado and just uh, the excitement and all the names. And uh, shout out Salvador Perez with 28 home runs. That was insane. Yeah. Like, everyone's just like, oh, this this run doesn't matter. And he bombs out the, the second highest of anyone in the first round. Like, any other matchup, Salvi's going to the second round. Uh, so, yeah, I was not expecting – I was expecting him to get, like, 15. I don't know why, but he, he definitely – uh, surprise but yeah Pete Alonso that was just insanely fun to watch uh, but yeah all around great home run derby what did you think about it I I, I agree with you and the thing that was that was kind of surprising to me is all the top four seeds got eliminated you know um, Mancini beat uh, Olsen Matt Olsen and uh, who else uh uh, story beat, uh, Shohei yeah. that that was a fun that was a fun little matchup right there that that was that I think the tiebreaker rules are just so dumb so like, you get a yeah you get a minute and then you get three swings and so they tied in the minute and then Soto goes three for three Otani was basically like eh, yeah yeah I mean props to Soto uh, I don't, I guess I don't really know. Do they just keep going? Do you think they should just keep going a minute at a time then? Or like, yeah. or at least five swings maybe? Yeah. I just think the, the three swing rule is stupid, but I also, like I saw a bunch of tweets and I want your opinion on this too, DJ. Some people are talking about like, they don't like the three minute, like rounds and stuff like that. They'd rather do the 10 outs. What do you think about that? Oh, 10 outs was miserable. Oh my gosh. No, give me three minutes. Three minutes is so much more electric. It's quicker with the 10 outs. You'd have a billion takes and it was just, it was so slow. Uh, I, I think the three minute round is more electric. I think it's more like, it makes things really competitive. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely prefer the minutes. I, like I said, I think it speeds it up. And also like, I don't know, you just have 30 seconds and he needs two home runs and you're like, ah, Whereas, like, if he has one out, like, uh, one out remaining and he hits two home runs, it's not as cool. Like, I don't know. The whole, like, time thing is just cool. And the fact that you have to hit one so far to get the 30 seconds extra, I, I honestly think it's set up pretty well. I will agree with you, though, that the overtime or the tiebreaker rules, after that first minute, I'm not a huge fan of the three swings. But, again, I don't really know what would be better to speed it up. And And there's really not a better way to speed it up. I guess just, like – like you said, going to like a five swing, a five swing off or just um, going like another minute by minute and you just keep going minute by minute until it gets over with. But I just think going from like a three minute to a one minute to a three swing is just kind of stupid, in my opinion. And obviously, like Shohei, Shohei Otani was gassed. And I mean, mm -hmm. you knew right when he came up there, as soon as Soto went three for three, I'm like, there's no way Shohei might hit one, but it was just over and done with. So I just think that. I like the direction the home run derby is going because I think it's going in a direction where people can watch a lot more and have be more exciting and they can see a lot more bombs and stuff like that. But there's, there's things that need to be tweaked for sure. Yeah. And if you remember Soto's three swing at bat, I think he took like two or three pitches. 
uh, hit three home runs and it took a decent amount of time. Like it probably took 30 seconds to a minute and he would have had zero outs. Like if we were in the normal home run derby. So, I mean, I think you could add, if you do the 10 outs, you could add another hour to the home run derby. And I just think that's too, I, I just don't, I think you'll lose your audience. So I, yeah, like you said, I think they've taken a lot of steps in the right direction. Uh, but I think there is stuff they can do. So I'm excited to see if they, you know, make some adjustments and how they keep changing the rules. Yep, absolutely. So I know me and DJ are big, big working men now. We don't get to stay up too too late anymore. But after the home run derby was the celebrity softball tournament, they showed hi- highlights of that. And it was team uh, Todd Helton versus team Jenny Finch. And Todd Helton's team ended up winning 20 to 10. I watched bits and pieces of that. Did you watch the, the celebrity softball tournament at all, DJ? You know, I usually watch some of it just because some of the celebrities are funny. Um, what's the – not the Jackson. Oh, gosh. I can't think of his name. He's in every single one ever. Uh, he's always in it, and he's just always doing some funny stuff. Uh, but fun fact for you, Colorado Rockies only have one Hall of Famer all in their entire history, and it's Todd Helton. He's their only Hall of Famer. So I think Nolan Arenado might have been one if you'd have stayed with him, but I don't think he will be. Or not not their only Hall of Famer. Let me rephrase that. He's their only retired jersey. That That's what it is. My bad. I, okay. I messed that up. So, yeah, they've only retired one single jersey, and it's Todd Helton. Uh, whereas, like, the Yankees, like, half the numbers are off limits. And that's why you see that's why you see Aaron Judge 99, like half the no, like almost all the numbers you can't like Jeter too, uh, Mariano Rivera. I guess Mariano Rivera was 42. Uh, I want to say A-Rod was 13, like all these numbers. I mean, and then you have like the Lou Gehrig's and just everyone from the past, uh, Joe DiMaggio. So it's just kind of crazy that the Colorado Rockies have only retired one number. Um, so fun fact for you. But uh, no, I did not catch too much of Jamie Foxx. That's there what it go. is. Jamie Foxx is in every single one. He's always doing some funny stuff. So, yeah, I have tuned in, but I did not tune in to last night's game. I, w- I watched bits and pieces of it. You know, uh, Quavo was actually the starting pitcher for Team Todd Helton, and it was pretty funny. He actually struck out DK Metcalf, which I, which was absolutely hilarious, too. Uh, like, who else is in it? Uh, JoJo Siwa actually wasn't too bad. She- yeah. He did really well. And actually, I don't remember who got MVP. I didn't recognize the name. He must he's like a TikToker or something like that. But like he had like a, a two or three run home run. And then he had the the game ending unassisted double play. So I thought that was impressive. That was kind of interesting. But I guess the thing that I really enjoy about the the celebrity softball tournament is that like the the home run is like so much like further in and stuff like that. But I mean, you get some guys that are like like they used to have like former retired like baseball players and some of them are still damn near hitting it out of the park too. I think uh oh gosh, who was it? Someone a someone a few years ago actually hit like one of their home runs like to the warning track and he was a retired baseball player. I mean, just watching that kind of stuff is kind of why I enjoy watching that that tournament, but none I don't think that I can remember happened last night, but yeah, it's like you said, it's not something like you like must watch, but it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If you got nothing to do, throw it on. It's, it's generally like, yeah, just loose environment, a lot of messing around. Like they're all just having fun. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good watch. I'll, I'll give it that. It's usually, it's usually good to watch. And, uh, oh my gosh, what's his, what's his name? The MOB guy on ESPN that has like the really, really squeaky voice. You know what I'm talking 
I honestly don't really use MLB or ESPN to get my MLB. I use okay. MLB Network for a lot of my stuff. I don't really – I'm trying to uh, not get rid of ESPN, but I don't want to support them. Uh, they just – yeah, I got beef with the ESPN. I should make it my mic drop one of these times because I just hate ESPN. But sure. So, no, I, I, yeah, I have the MLB app, the MLB.tv app, so I get all my news from there, and it's never the ESPN crew. So, I yeah. I was just wondering because it was – it was funny because it was a guy that most people know and most people pretty much like for ESPN, but him and JoJo see while we're doing a TikTok dance. I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, they, they're anyway, them TikTok I, dances, man. He does not a TikTok dance, but we got to give a shout out to our, our sound man before we get on with the show. Yeah, the intro song brought to you by Lucas Parker, his most recent album, Virtues, out on Apple Music and Spotify. Artist name, Luke, L-U-K-E, the number seven, Luke seven. If you like the intro song, check out his album, Virtues. Shout out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's dive right in, DJ, to our uh, first segment, which is the hour take segment. So me and DJ take basically some big headlines in sports. We discuss it a little bit, ask each other questions. It's just kind of a, a let's get started kind of deal for the show. So, uh DJ, I know you definitely paid attention to this, and a, a lot of people have. He's gotten a lot of heat for it and stuff like that. But Stephen A. Smith uh, got some pretty, pretty significant heat in the media lately. So on first take, which, by the way, is an absolute garbage show. Don't watch it. He said that he doesn't believe that Shohei Otani should be the face of baseball because he needs an interpreter to speak to the media. He thinks that they should have someone who can speak English and someone who can uh, address the media should be the people that should be the person that like fans and young players look up to. So my question for you, DJ, is was Stephen A in the wrong for saying what he did? And if so, should he pay a price for what he said? So first off, I've always thought he's an idiot. And then he takes he has a lot of stupid takes. And then he does something like this and he just proves me right. Like, oh, yeah, this dude's a moron. Um He's just stupid uh, to say something like that. Credibly insensitive, first off. And secondly, is just wrong. Like, oh, Otani is bringing so many fans in. And it it honestly has nothing to do with whether he speaks all the English in the world or no English at all. Like the dude is doing stuff we've never seen. And people are tuning in to watch him. You know how hyped they were for him in the home run derby? Like the pressure for him, I felt bad for him, how big the pressure was because everyone was so hyped because he's just been lighting it up. <clears throat> and he's been such a fun player. Like he's brought more views to the MLB this year than anyone who speaks English. And I just, to make a stupid comment, like someone has to speak English in order to be the face, not, not true at all, not just wrong. And then, yeah, just incredibly like insensitive and like to basically say that like foreigners can't ever be a face of any sport is basically what he's saying. And it's just like, it's just ridiculous, man. Like how, how has he not brought views to, to the, to the, like, how has he not increased people watching baseball? I mean, it's just, I mean, he's just wrong. And then it's just, yeah, uh, he's, he's an idiot. Uh, and yeah, Otani's awesome. I don't care that he speaks English. He could, like I said, he could speak all the English in the world and no English at all. I think he's an electric player and I easily think he could be the face. And you know what? Side note, Fernando Tatis, who he used as his claimer for someone who could be the face or something stupid like that. His English isn't that great. Like I heard him talking at the home run derby last night. It wasn't stellar. 
Like, and I'm not trying to say that, that like I'm saying like, what, how is his any better than Otani? Like he still can't, like, it's just ridiculous. I, it, it's about playing the game. It has nothing to do with your off field antics. Otherwise Kyrie Irvin would be the best player of all time with his, or he'd be the face of every franchise ever. Cause all of his off the field or off the court antics, like, come on, man. It's just ridiculous. Um, I mean, should he pay the price? I don't really know, I guess, what, like, I don't really know. It's cancel culture, so are we going to get him off the news, get him off? I mean, I'd love to see him never be able to talk about sports again, um, but it is his dream, uh, and I wouldn't want to take away anyone else's dream. So, you know, it is what it is. I, should he be punished? I just don't know how you really punish him for being an idiot. Like, that's kind of his MO, is just being an idiot, having stupid takes, and then he's so aggressive with his stupid takes that people like get entertained by it. And the, yeah, the first take is just, Oh my gosh, it's brutal. I mean, you want to get, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Um, yeah, it's awful. So that's kind of what I'm feeling, Kyle. What, what do you think about the situation? Well, I'll agree with you wholeheartedly. First of all, DJ, that Steven is an idiot. Like the fact that he is even getting attention by some people is ridiculous. If people would just like stop listening to what he has to say, like, we wouldn't even have this big of an issue in, a fir- in the first place. And he's wrong in this situation. Like, Shohei Otani, like, people in Japan were, like, staying up to watch the All-Star Day last night. It was, like, 3 or 4 o'clock in Japan. And there's, like, I think they said, like, a few million people in Japan staying up to watch the Home Run Derby. I mean, the fact that he's bringing in all these different, like, cultures, like, paying attention to baseball, that's a good thing for baseball because then you know – that you're getting the best of the best from all over the world watching it. And he's getting the views. So I don't get why just because he can't speak English doesn't mean that he shouldn't be the face of baseball. So do you want to have someone not as good as him who does speak English that should be the face of baseball? It should be the best player. So it's absolutely ridiculous that he's saying that. Now, as far as paying the price goes, it doesn't matter what my opinion is. He's the highest paid person in ESPN. He's not going anywhere. They got to pay, they got to pay him a big salary regardless. But I think if ESPN was smart and they want to make a statement that this is uh, completely wrong, he should go like a, a, a few days unpaid. I think that's a fair, that's a fair punishment for him. He's not getting fired. He's not getting canceled. Nothing like that. He should go unpaid because like I said, Shohei Otani is bringing in a bunch of fans watching the game of baseball, and that's a good thing for baseball. Do you know how many people go to games to watch Shohei now? Like, oh, Otani? Like, dude, they don't – when they're going to the game, they want to see him hit a dinger. They don't want to see him say, hello, my name's Shohei. Like, they don't care about that. They want to see him hit a dinger. They want to see him strike dudes out when he's pitching. Like, ah, Stephen A., I just – is his sport basketball? Like, is that the sport he truly knows? Like, because his, his specialty cannot be baseball. He tried talking on the UFC this last weekend, and he sounded like an idiot on that. Like, what is technically his sport? You know, he he does all the sports, but I would say basketball is probably the sport that he is is his specialty. Uh-huh. But uh, but he does. I I don't think he does much hockey, but his sports are. De- he talks a little bit about football and baseball, but basketball is definitely his specialty. That's what I thought. And it's like, yeah, uh, personally, I think he should apologize like in person to Otani. Like he's got the money fly out and be like, yo man, like, I'm sorry. Like I was, I was trying to say something and I was just wrong. Like, uh, I like, and that that's the thing. Yeah. 
I honestly, I think the best thing to do in, in those circumstances is just admit you were wrong. Like I was wrong. This take, you know, and he kind of did that with his apology, but it's just like one of those borderline or not borderline, but boilerplate, like basic apologies. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. I messed up. I know it's insensitive. Like, yeah, I just, I never feel like those are sincere um, to be honest. Uh, but like, yeah, I think he should have apologized in person to Otani, like, or bring him into the studio and apologize. There's something market him up, you know, get his translator in there talking for him and let him say whatever he wants to say to the world. Like, Hey, I'm sorry. I can't speak English, but I'm going to hit dingers and people are gonna be like, sounds good to me. And Shohei should have the right to say in Japanese that Stephen A. Smith is an idiot too. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Hope he goes on first take and just says Stephen A. You're an idiot in Japanese, and the translator yeah. doesn't say anything. Like, oh, what do you say? I don't know. <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. I think he's too nice though. Shohei seems like such a good guy. Yeah, he is. And like, it, I guess it'd be different if it like could apply. Like, if it was something where like his inability to be. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, a player who gets caught, like, legally, like, does something wrong. Um, first one of mine is Aaron Hernandez, something like that. Uh, like, that player's not really – cannot be the face after what he's done. Uh, and it's and it's similar, like – but this is something that he – like, he's – it's nothing wrong with him. Like, it's just – it's such a wrong take and then such just a stu- – like, it's just so off. I mean, yeah, Steve ah, – I'm done, Kyle. Stephen A. Smith's a moron. That's all I'm going with. You're – you're absolutely right, DJ. So, uh, I mean, we could we could both have a mic drop on how stupid Stephen A. Smith is, and the show first take should be called Dumb Takes. But <laughs> yeah, we could literally, yeah, because then, oh man, yeah. So Kyle, this weekend UFC, they had Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman or whatever the heck his wow. name, dude. It, it was like me and my buddies were like dying inside because Kellerman, he that dude doesn't know any like. Oh my, it was brutal. And what he was saying was the most basic boilerplate. Like, he clearly doesn't have any in-depth knowledge of the sport. He's just reading off a card that says the most, these two are fighting. They don't like each other. Oh, really? This is the third fight. One, 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 one other. They call that a rubber match. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Please stop (laughs) this. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So They should have brought in, like, Joe Tessitore because he does all the, the Friday night boxing. He would be better than Max Kellerman. Yeah, now, and I will admit, I think he does pay some attention to UFC. I don't think much, but he definitely pays more attention than Max. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Because then he came. Yeah. Then Stephen A came in afterwards and he was going on one of his rants. And uh, yeah, I was just like, I can't listen to this because I don't like I don't know. You can pay attention to a sort, but to understand it and like be able to break it down for people. That's why I love Joe Rogan and uh, Cormier and can't think of the third guy they do such a good job of like breaking things down and it's just, and it, like, they know the sport. It's uh, yeah. It is what it is, man. ESPN's a joke. I already got my mic drop scheduled for next week. I'm going to roast ESPN. So there we go. There, we go. there it is. But. but yeah. So my take for our takes this week, um, we're usually only asked one question, but I have like a billion questions. So get ready, Kyle. Uh, but first off, as you guys know, Team USA lost their first two exhibition games to Nigeria and Australia. Kyle did tell me they just won today against Argentina. Uh, both of their losses were close losses. They didn't get blown out. And I mean, the world or just the United States, I guess. It could be the world. I don't know. It's just overreacting so hardcore. Like they're acting like the sky is falling. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to ask my series of questions, Kyle, and then I'll let you go first. So is everyone overreacting to losses in an ex- exhibition game? Uh, 
uh, do the players just need time to like gain that chemistry? Like chemistry in the sport of basketball is a real thing. And these players before the Nigeria game, they practiced like three or four days together. Like it was, they didn't really play together at all. So it's tough to just, you, you think you can just throw a bunch of all-stars together, but it doesn't work like that. Especially when the Nigeria squad has been practicing together for like 40 some days or 30 some days, like it's completely flipped. Um, and then uh, is the LeBron, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, Bryant core, what held these teams together for the last 2008, 2012, uh, and then 2016. Like, is that core what held them together? They were they're so good playing together, and they were all buddies. Uh, and then the refs in this, they're not calling them ticky-tack fouls that the NBA calls. Uh, and is that messing up these NBA players? And then lastly, is the rest of the world catching up to the talent level of the United States? So I know it's a lot to handle, Kyle, but I think these are all relevant questions to this topic. So what do you think? All right. So, yes, people are definitely overreacting to these losses. First of all, exhibition, DJ. These don't matter. This is just these guys trying to play together, gel together. It's People don't realize that, like, the Olympics and, like, you know, when they do the FIBA World Cup and stuff like that, like, all that stuff is so much different compared to the NBA. There's different rules. There's different, like, styles of play that they're not used, that they're not used to. Uh, like the NBA is quite often, more often than not, like a transition game. Whereas just uh, many of these countries, they play in the half court. So you got to learn to defend in the half court. So it's, it's tough to adjust to. It takes time to adjust to. Teams gel together and they'll take time to gel. So I think it's ridiculous that people are overreacting. Now, mind you, these two teams they lost to, the Australia loss, I can see why people are a little upset about that. I mean, Australia has Patty Mills, but I mean, no like major stars that people would recognize besides that. But Nigeria, Nigeria's really, really solid. They've always been really solid. And like you look at the guys out there, they're very, very athletic. Just that entire team is really solid. So I can somewhat get that Nigeria loss and they barely lost to Nigeria. So there's still plenty of time to get that together. Now, people are trying to compare this team. Now, the redeem team DJ with starting five of Chris Paul, LeBron, Kobe, Mello, and Dwight Howard. I mean, how much better of a team can you get? And you're trying to compare, like, most of the really, really good players in the NBA aren't even playing for this Olympics team. So how can you compare five really, really good guys in their primes to, like, five pretty good guys but not, like, that good? You can't compare the two. It's just ridiculous that, like, people are saying that this team is going to be a disappointment when we had how many good teams back in the day. And then the dream team, you know, with Mike, Charles Barkley, David Robinson, Magic, Larry Bird, Clyde Drexler, Chris Mullen, Christian Leitner, guys like that. You can't compare this team to two teams with really, really solid players like that. So it's just ridiculous. And yeah, it takes time to gain, gain chemistry. These t- guys, there are maybe a few teammates on the team, but these guys haven't played with each other before. They don't know their tendencies. They don't know how they like to play. They don't like know the transition, the pace that they're most comfortable with. It takes time for that to gel. They got a week and a half to do that before they get to the actual competition level and stuff like that. And to answer your question about the, the tic-tac calls, yeah, I do think it, it affects them because just overseas, that stuff doesn't happen. They let a lot of stuff go, and a lot of teams are very more aggressive compared to the compared to Americans. It's just the way it is. And it takes time to get used to that. They are not going to get calls. There's a bunch of different rules. Like if the ball like bounces once in the rim, if it's still up in the air, you can grab it. That's not goaltending. 
there's just a bunch of different rules in the in the Olympics that they're not used to. It's going to take some time. Like I said, it'll come down when it comes down to it. They're going to be fine. I I think there's some pretty pretty solid teams, but like not getting a gold is something that I think is ridiculous. That they're basically saying it's a it's a failure. Should they get gold? Absolutely, they should. I will not deny they get they should get gold with, with like Dame, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Tatum. And I don't remember their center. Bam Adebayo. There we go. Bam Adebayo. Yeah, that team should get a gold medal. Absolutely, they should. They should. But like comparing them to like the redeem team and the dream team, ridiculous. Like absolutely ridiculous. It shouldn't happen. And you're and to answer your last question, yeah, the rest of the world is definitely catching up to America. I mean, look at like Slovenia with like Luka Doncic. Like they're they're really really solid. Uh, Spain always has good talent. Italy, Germany, Argentina, and we beat Argentina, mind you, but there's you see more often than not international players getting drafted really, really high in, in the NBA. Now, mind you, most of the time, those number one or number twos and even lottery picks are Americans, but there's still a lot of international guys coming in and making a scene in the NBA. So it's really tough to compare America to these other countries and say that we're much better because I wouldn't say we are much better. I definitely think countries are catching up to us. So yeah, that's my take DJ. What do you got? Well, first to kind of go off your last take, I think basketball right now is the most popular it's ever been worldwide, worldwide speaking. Like I think like the rest of the world has really picked up the sport. And like you said, a lot of countries, you know, dudes who thought their only option was soccer or uh, baseball in some countries are realizing that they might actually be able to play basketball. Uh, and so I think it's cool that basketball is catching on. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's not like it just became popular this year, but I, I do think it's at an all time high. And I like that produces more athletes, which again is why I think a lot of countries are catching up to us and bridging that gap. I think the gap before was just massive and the gap's been bridged a little bit. And so we can't, you know, mess around for three quarters of a game and then pull it out in the fourth. Like we got to play a full four quarters which is something I don't think they're used to. But yeah, to go through, is everyone overreacting to these losses? Yes, I 100% agree with you, Kyle. The thing is, we see some of these NBA players not try in a regular NBA, NBA game. Like, don't really play defense, like kind of mess around. Like, they don't really care. Uh, so if they're going to do that in a regular NBA, NBA season game, what do, you, what do you think they're doing in an exhibition game? Like, come on. These dudes are millionaires. Like this game means little to nothing to them. Like when it gets to time to win a gold medal, I think they'll flip the switch a little more. Uh, but right now they're just kind of going through the motions and getting used to their new team, which with the gaining chemistry, could there have been a better starting five with more chemistry than LeBron, Chris Paul, Mello, who are all great, great friends. And then Kobe, who's another great friend of them. And Dwight Howard, who was insane, like defensively, offensively, rebounding, like, oh, my gosh, like, come on. And the bench, like, oh, you go on the bench unit, insane. So, yeah, I don't think it's fair to compare them. I 100% agree with that. And I think that's what made it effortless for the United States to just come in and roll these teams is because, like, these dudes are all buddies. They're, they all know what they're doing. LeBron's going to be LeBron. Kobe's going to be Kobe. Like, Melo's going to hit his threes. Chris Paul, like, everyone's going to do their thing. And they didn't really need to practice because they were all just so good with each other. Whereas this group is a completely new group, a group we've never seen before. Uh, and so, yeah, it's 100% going to take some time to get that chemistry. And I mean, you got, what, 15 dudes, 12 dudes, and all of them are used to taking a majority of their team shots. Well, 
when you got 12 of them, you can't shoot the majority. So now it has to be divided up. Like obviously Durant should take the most Dame should take the most uh, Tatum Beal. Like obviously your starting five should be the ones that are shooting a little more, but that, that's a tough transition to go from, okay, now I'm kind of a role player on the United States team. But when I'm playing with my own regular season team, my NBA team, I'm kind of the star player. Uh, and so that's definitely something to adjust to. Uh, I, I actually like these refs. I love these refs not calling that tic-tac-y crap. I think that crap ruined the NBA. Um, and I think that it's good for them. I saw that Dame layup where he just kind of flopped and threw it up, didn't get the call. I'm like, I love that. Like, I wish the NBA refs would start doing that because it's just, it's how basketball is meant to be played. It's not about how to draw a foul by just throwing your arms up when someone touches you. Uh, and just all that crap that like Kyrie and uh, Harden do. It's just, I think, I think it kind of ruins the game a little bit. So I'm, I'm glad these refs are calling it this way. I actually love it. I wish, like I said, I wish the NBA refs would do it. Um, what I guess, yeah, I kind of answered the last one. The rest of the world's catching up. Yeah, I think they're bridging the gap. I think the gap was massive and now the gap's a lot smaller. Um, and like I said, a completely new team. I think, I honestly think this team will, will win the gold medal. Uh, I believe it. Um, you know, will it happen? They could easily lose. They could. Uh, but there's definitely more talent on that team than anybody else's. And if they can put it together, uh, they're, they're going to light it up. So I'm, I'm, I'm with the Aaron Rodgers stance. Relax, guys. Relax. You know, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So, yeah. And that's saying something, DJ, you quoting Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's pretty unlike you. Uh, yeah, that's probably the only time I'll quote him is that, that phrase. Just relax. That's the only time. But other than that, yeah, no, I don't like him respect him but i don't like him same same absolutely but so those are our takes so let's dive into the random poll so this is going to be an interesting one i don't know how me and dj are gonna favor on this but do you prefer the summer olympics or the winter olympics uh dj why don't you start yeah so i mean i had to do a research on what events were in each because i kind of get them confused but I'm definitely pro summer Olympics. Uh, I love the Sean White, like winter Olympics. I like certain things in the winter Olympics, but all around, I think the summer Olympics have more sports that interest me uh, that, you know, you got your track, which you get to see Usain Bolt do something insane. And then you got your basketball, like all these sports uh, is gymnastics winter or summer winter winter. Okay. Well, I do, I do love the, the female gymnastics. Cause I think they're slept on. Like, I don't think people realize how good of athletes these women are and how insane like Simone Biles is like how good she is at her sport. Um, and I think a lot of people just think it's easy to do what they do, but it's like, dude, try running full speed while doing like a, a dance routine almost. And then flipping a billion times and jumping up in the air, doing like a triple flip. Like I would try one of those and I'd land on my head and I'd be paralyzed for the rest of my life. Like, like it's, it's just insane what these what these women are capable of doing um so yeah i do do props to women's gymnastics but i think summer all around just has more sports like i said that entertain me so yeah i'm a summer guy what about you kyle I, i'm the same way dj now you made a really great point about gymnastics with simone biles you also got to throw in there you know uh gabby douglas and oh, yeah. uh uh Girl from Iowa, that was a Sean Johnson, baby. Sean Johnson, there we go. Yeah, you got to give respect to those ladies. I mean, just like you said, the stuff they do is so difficult. And just like one bad, bad land. And like, you don't get a medal. Like, it's just, you, you have to be perfect. And like you said, it respect to them, absolutely. But everything else is just so boring. Like, I'm not going to 
sit down on a Friday night, grab a cold beer and watch curling. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it or like luge or some or something along. It's just boring to me. Now I would sit down and watch like basketball or track and field or swimming or something along those lines, those lines as well. That stuff is more exciting to me. So that's why I'm definitely, like you said, DJ, a very much pro summer Olympics guy. Summer's the way to go, baby. Summer's the way to go. Yes, sir. All righty. So we can tweet that out. Um, if there's a third category of Olympics that me and Kyle don't know about, please feel free to tag us. I think we got the two, summer and winter. Um, but if we missed one, let us know. Uh, and then, yeah, vote on it. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the majority like winter. I, I don't know. Uh, but now on to our favorite segment, the mic drop segment. Um, Kyle, I'm going to let you bat lead off because I'm excited to hear what you got to say here. So take it away, bud. This is our chance to just rant about anything and everything. Uh, basically, we just get some time to rant about what's been keeping us up. Like I pre-mentioned, I will be ranting about ESPN next week. So get ready for that because that is going to be interesting. But this week, we got two different rants. Kyle, like I said, lead it off, buddy. All right, DJ. So I can't believe I have to rant about this again. It's ridiculous that I have to do this a second time. But like people need to realize that AAU ball is not the end of the world. And I'll explain to you why, DJ. I had an AAU tournament this weekend. So for those of you that don't know, I coach a high school boys team and a sixth grade girls team. So I had a little downtime and I watched one of my, uh, one of my, the players I coached in high school and I watched, watched his team play. He didn't end up playing because he was hurt, but that's beyond the point. But I mean, these coaches were like literally talking smack to each other the entire time in an AAU game. And like, there's the, there's these two officials they were yelling at them every single call was wrong and they were yelling at them we had players like shoving each other shoving each other and so on and so forth and I mean it was it was brutal it was brutal to watch it was the worst display of basketball I've ever seen and end up getting so chippy at the end that the tournament official actually had to come in between the two teams separate them and say you're not shaking hands you need to go because they just got it got so chippy and like they were yelling, like I said, they were yelling at each other. We had parents that were on the court yelling at some of the players and coaches. I mean, it was just an ugly scene. It's AAU ball. You are not getting recruited in Sioux City, Iowa at an AAU tournament. You want to get recruited, go to Kansas City, go to Chicago, go to Dallas. It's Sioux City for crying out loud. And the game is not that important. When you are done playing basketball, you're not going to remember every single tournament. Did I, did, did I win this game, this game, this game? You're going to remember all the experiences you had with your, with your teammates at the restaurants and the hotel pool, stuff like that. You're not going to remember the, the little stuff like that. So to take just a fun game and to ruin it because, like, you're going to talk smack during an AAU game? Like, first of all, parents, adults that are doing this crap should be, should be ashamed of themselves. There's so much more to life than to let yourself as an adult talk smack to a 16 15 year old kid like it's it's ridiculous you're better than that be better than that and the fact that coaches were talking smack to each other shut up worry about your damn team worry about your players don't worry about their coaches their players just shut up and it's beyond me that people seem to just come out and say, well, it, it's important. It's important to win. No, it's not. 
It's important to develop. It's important to compete. It's important to get better. And the fact that people think that winning is the utmost important thing over everything else, you're stupid. So people who take AAU ball more seriously than they should are just stupid. Kyle, that was beautiful. Um, yeah, I was going to say it, and you kind of stole it at the end there, but I think the main purpose of AAU is development, player development. Um, would you rather go undefeated or – you know, increase your skills and get be a better player in year two than you were in year one. Um, and I think a little bit, like you said, exposure wise, I think that's the other aspect of AAU. If you're going to the big tournaments in Kansas City, stuff like that, I think exposure is key. Uh, but to say, yeah, if that ref would have given me that call, I'd have a scholarship at Duke. Come on, bro. Come on. If we would, if the ref would have given us that call and we would have won that game, I'd be playing at North Carolina right now. Like, get out of here, man. This is ridiculous. And I, I find it funny. Uh, like people take that stuff life or death, uh, living in Des Moines, uh, and being around, uh, my cousin has kids here who play sports. Uh, my boss has kids who play sports. It's like life or death for these parents. And this is like seventh grade football or seventh grade basketball. And I'm just like, why none of this matters, but in the Metro, it's like, it's insanely intense. And it's just, it's just funny to me. Like, why do you guys take this so seriously? Like, I hate to say it, but either you're going to be good or you're not. Like, either you have the determination and you're going to develop as a player or you're not. Either you have the athletic abilities or you don't. Like, it's just that's what it is. Um, I think, obviously, great coaches can help a player develop, uh, especially yeah, people that are super athletic but don't have the coaching. Well, then you bring in a good coach and you can turn a super athletic person into a great all around player. I mean, I definitely think there's other aspects than just being athletic. Uh, but I think developing and just, there's so many other factors that to take a minor, a, a game that serious in such an, it's just, it's ridiculous, man. And people do it. And it's just comical. I'm just like, wow. Like if you guys win this game, you are as happy as can be. It's like when people like live and die on their football teams, it's like, dude, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I quit doing that a long time ago. <laughs> like if I was upset every time the Vikings blew a game, we shouldn't have. Like I would have never made it past the Seattle missed field goal. Blair Walls, 27 yarder. I would have never made it past that. Like I, you just people live and die by these teams. They like these kids are what do they call vicariously living through their kids. Yeah. These parents are They're Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, bro, you didn't make it in the NBA. So now your kid, and like it puts so much pressure on the kids and yeah, uh, it's, it's ridiculous, man. And I wish there was a way we could fix it, but I, people are crazy. That's what I've just come to learn. People are just crazy, man. Exactly. And that's why I just like try and just teach my own philosophy. So that way they have like a positive coach to look up to. But like I said, DJ, it was so heated. Like if that tournament official wasn't there and like the officials didn't break these teams up, they would have went through the handshake line. There would have been haymakers thrown. Like that's how heated this, this game was. I mean, it was, it was horrible. I, it's, it's just a, you guys, yeah. I promise you that less than 0.001% of these kids are going pro um, maybe 5% playing college uh, at the D one level, maybe 25% play in college at some school. Like it, it's, it's so irrelevant yet. It, like I said, it's life or death for these kids, for some of these kids. And it's because their parents make it life or death. Like, right. It's yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous man i really don't know what else to say like you i feel like you're either on one side or the other like either 
win at all costs and um, like it's life or death for you, or you're just like realizing the actual situation that it's about getting better, developing, playing against great competition. Like that's what makes you better. They go hand in hand and you're either one way or the other. You're either green or blue. It's just how it is, man. But you're exactly right, DJ. Well said. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Um, so my mic drop, and this has just been a long, long time brewing. Uh, a lot of people who aren't interested in baseball just love to roast baseball players and say they are not athletes. And it's just gone too far. It's ridiculous at this point. Baseball players are some of the best athletes in the world. Uh, now, the only thing I'll say is the definition of athlete is so person to person. It's so uh, objective, you could say, or subjective. I, I never get the, I never get those two right. But whatever one it is, uh, basically, it's your own personal opinion. But trying to hit a pitcher, like trying to get a hit in baseball is insanely difficult. Like these pitchers are throwing 90 to a hundred mile an hour fastballs. And that's hard enough to hit as it is. You have like what point, what the, the sports science is like 0.05 or 0.5 seconds to decide where the pitch is at and how to swing. Like, and then, so you're, you're sitting fastball and then he throws a curveball and you just look like an idiot. Like dude, baseball is so hard. And the second you're going to tell me baseball players aren't athletes, I'm just going to say one name, Byron Buxton. Explain to me how that dude's not an athlete. And then this is what they're going to come back with. Well, Bartolo Colon. Yeah, the dude's 40 years old, and he's still striking dudes out and getting outs. He was at the time in the MLB. Like, that is an athlete in itself. Like, pitching is insanely athletic. Anyone else tries to throw a ball until they're 40 years old, they're going to have to have, like, shoulder surgery or Tommy John or something. Like, dude, pitching is so hard. You get this tiny little box, and this dude's trying to hit it, and you have to hit that box, and there's only so many pitches you can throw, and to consistently be able to throw. And, like, if you watch those overlays of, like, a fastball curveball, and it, like, goes to, like, almost all the way to the plate, and then one kind of rises a little bit, and the other just ducks down. Like, oh my gosh, dude, like baseball, baseball players are so, so insane, like on what their, their skill, I, I think it's definitely a more skill oriented sport, but like, uh, we got to quit calling them not athletes. Like, I get it. You don't like baseball. Cool. You think it's boring. Cool. I can watch baseball all day. Now you throw on a soccer game. It's boring to me. I don't understand it enough. Uh, it, I honestly think it's about whether you understand sport. I'm sure if we understood curling, Kyle, it would be interesting to us, but we don't. So just because you don't understand baseball and it's not interesting to you doesn't make these players not athletes because Bartolo Colon uh, used to pitch in the MLB or, you know, there's big players who aren't athletic in the sense that they can run, you know, a quick 40 and they're agile, but like hitting the ball, just doing everything they do, like they're a hundred percent better athletes, but Anyway, Kyle, that's that's my uh, spew on people just disrespecting baseball players and their skills and like how athletic they truly are. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think on it, though. Well, DJ, that was that was well said. First of all, if you don't think baseball players are an app are athletes, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to a batting cage and I want you to go to a batting cage that throws 100 miles an hour. Try and hit the baseball and tell me and tell me again they're not athletes. I mean, get out of here with that crap. If you also think they're not athletes. Try and be 20 feet away from like a, a pop fly being go, being hit, hitting the ground. Try and dive and see if you can get it. Like try and run up and dive and see if you can get it. You People completely underestimate how good athletes these baseball players are. And first of all, 
those people knocking on Bartolo Colon can eat my shorts. I love Bartolo Colon and everybody loves Bartolo Colon. I don't know about you, DJ, but one of my favorite MLB plays of all time was when Bartolo Colon hit that home run at Petco. I mean, absolutely. Like people who make fun of Bartolo Colon can absolutely eat my shorts. But to, to this day, that's still like one of my top 10 plays of all time, just because you got to love Bartolo Colon, man. You got to love him. Like if you're in baseball, the only exception is if you've always been like his rival team. I can see maybe why you don't like him, but he's pitched for like 12 different teams. Like the dude's been everywhere. So I just don't see that being a realistic circumstance. And yeah, it's so impressive. I mean, Tom Brady's winning Super Bowls at 40. That's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, he's, he is amazing. He's the GOAT uh, of football. Uh, but to be able to pitch, I mean, just everything that baseball players do, it's just ridiculous. Like some of those shortstop plays, the ball is just rifled at you at 100 miles an hour. And you not only have to adjust to it, pick it with your glove, then you have to swing it all the way across the field and make an accurate throw. Um, I mean, so baseball games actually have, it's a cool stat, only 15 minutes of like actual gameplay where like stuff's like the ball's in play, people are moving and stuff like that. Almost the rest of it is just like setup, you know, pitches getting set up. Like the ball's never actually in play. It's either a strike, they take it, it's a ball, they don't swing, or they foul one off. Like there's never actually that much in play time. Uh, but the in play time is so crucial. And like you have to know what you're doing with the ball. There's one out runner on first and third. Do you go home with it? Do you have to go to, do you try and turn a double play? Like so much. How fast is the runner? Oh my gosh, quickly here. It's the craziest thing to me how each like position player knows how fast the runner is. Like a good third baseman, I know Matt Chapman's really solid. He, he knows that he can take an extra step because the runner's slower. And you'll see him take that extra step, gather, throw, and he gets him out by half a step. And then you'll see someone or, you know, maybe a full step, but gets him out pretty much bang, bang. And then you'll see someone who's Byron Buxton speed and Chapman gets it and just flips it as quick as possible. And it's still bang, bang. Like the athletes know they have so much time in the world and or they know what time they have. And it's just everything that goes into it is just insane. Um, to quickly, did you see that Tony Kemp catch at all? Yeah, I did. Was that not like, oh, my gosh, that that catch was, yeah, unbelievable. It, and 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 you you need to watch that catch and again tell me that these these players aren't athletes and stuff like yeah. that but like even like like you said dj like when a ball's hitting you like 100 miles an hour and then like you gotta make a play and sometimes you have to like go over your opposite shoulder th and throw it or sometimes you have to do like a flip like you mean to tell me that like any joe schmo can do that like absolutely not dude come on now any and, like, joe yeah oh sorry what so i was just saying like and like looking at like Pitchers too. Try and tell me if any Joe Schmo can throw a changeup like Justin Verlander, or or throw a curve like Kershaw. Like you 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 can't, and like or throw a fastball like Degrom. Like like it it takes so much skill, so much time, so much effort to be a baseball player. And to say they're not athletes is ridiculous. And I, I I'm gonna emphasize it one more time. Leave my man Bartolo Colon alone. <laughs> Yeah, this is a Bartolo Colon supporter podcast. We we love the mans. Um, but yeah, you like any Joe Smoke can hit a three-pointer. Like, honestly, you sub me in an NBA game and I shoot four threes, I promise you I can make one. You sub me in an MLB game, I will go 0 for 20. Like, I will not get a hit. I might not put a ball in play. Like, obviously, there's there's differences in the sports, but like some sports, anybody can do it. 
but baseball it's just a select few and like it's just each one of those dudes is so good at their craft like even the worst player in the league goes to anywhere else like goes to back and plays in college like if you would somehow be able to you would light it up like it's just insane the levels to the skill of baseball like these players are the top 0.01% of the entire world like it's just insane what they can do but anyway I'm done Kyle I'm cutting myself off no that was that was good DJ a very very good point so hopefully people like start to realize like how good athletes these baseball players are but let's move on to our mortal lock talk so for those of you that don't know on Twitter we me and DJ once a week have to use what's called a mortal lock so every game that me and DJ do is either worth one win or one loss but a mortal lock is actually worth five wins if it hits or five losses if it doesn't. A mortal lock is a line that me and DJ see that we really, really like and that uh, uh, we think we think is going to hit, no doubt about it. So we'll, we'll discuss it real quick. I actually did not use a mortal – like you heard my mortal lock last time. I used it really, really early last week on Monday. So I have not used a mortal lock since then. But uh, DJ, I think you had a pretty good mortal lock that hit. Lock of the century, Kyle. Uh, unbelievable. So the White Sox are playing at the Orioles. Dallas Keuchel's on the mound. And Lopez, I can't think of his first name, is on – maybe Jorge, not sure. Anyway, Lopez is on the mound for the Orioles. And the <laughs> this dude's record is 2-11. and 11. He's got like a 5, almost 6 ERA. Like this dude is just – he hasn't been good all year. Keuchel, yeah, I think he had like a – four and four record, maybe a six and four record, like a four ERA, like nothing pretty. Um, but the line was only minus 135. And the similar matchup occurred earlier in the year, but it was at Chicago and the line was minus 215. And in that game, uh, Keiko gave up, I think, four runs in five innings. So then I was like, okay, I see why the line is what it is, but I still think it's crazy. Like he gave up four runs. Like you're talking the White Sox, 10 times better than the Orioles. Keiko, a way better pitcher than Lopez. Like, it's just all the things are pointing in the direction of the White Sox, and they're only minus 135. I had them, personally, I had them a minimum of minus 160. I thought they were closer to minus 200. Uh, so, yeah, I sent it all on them, five-unit mortal lock. They won 12 to 1, I think. Like, just destroyed them. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, just a great game, great performance. The thing that scared me, Kyle, was you had a similar one with Woodruff, I think a couple weeks ago. And it's just one of those lines that you see that you're like, this isn't right. This pitcher in this matchup should not be this, like this little of a favorite. So I was a little scared because I was like, something's wrong with this line. Something's weird with this line. Like it's not adding up that they're only minus 135. Like, what do I not know? Um, but at the end of the day, I had to bet it. And yeah, it was easy money. Uh, but yeah, you never know whenever the lines like that, don't you just have like a, like a thought, like something's weird here. Like this, this just doesn't make sense. Like Vegas always makes sense. Well, and, and that's the thing too, that like, I have, I don't know if we've mentioned or not DJ, but sometimes like when we see a line, like good enough for mortal lock, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes if I double take, I'm like, is that line really what it is? Like it, it can't be that tempting to, to take it. And like that, now that you mentioned it, DJ, it was Brandon Woodruff and the Brewers taking on the Pirates. And I don't remember who was on for the Pirates. It was some really, really bad pitcher I can remember. But, I mean, the Brewers were only favored, like, minus 120 or something like that. I'm like, that's easy money. And then Woodruff got absolutely rocked, which kind of stunk because that's that was, I think, his third or fourth loss in the year. 
So that kind of stuff. But yeah, like you said, DJ, sometimes like you look at a line, you're like, that is just, it, it, it can't be that. That's just way too tempting. Yeah, like everyone on the starting lineup can't be playing, like is what I'm always, like I was like, dude, who's sitting out? I checked the lineups. Everyone for the White Sox is playing as normal. I'm like, what am I missing here? And the thing is, I wasn't missing anything, Kyle. It was a home run. It was a slam dunk. Uh, White Sox should have been favored minus 160 minimum. I, yeah, I got him. I got the books once, Kyle. Mark that up. One for DJ, books a billion. But, hey, I got one on him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We, we take little victories here in the Gambling Feuding Podcast. Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, so me and DJ discussed, and there's absolutely no sports on this week. So it would be very, very – Criminal, Kyle. It'd be criminal. Criminal. That's a great word for it. Criminal to have a guest picker on the show today. So me and DJ, we are big, 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 big college football fans here on this on this pod. So we are going to do a college football win win total preview. So what we got is we got all the all the teams from four major conferences: the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the ACC, and the SEC. We're going to go through every single team, just give an over-under, and give a small preview on just a few of them. So, DJ, first of all, before we dive in, what are your thoughts on college football? What do you like about it? Any? I know you're a Hawkeye fan. Any other teams you, you root on besides them or not? So, first and foremost, I'm glad we left the Pac-12 off this list. I have beef with the Pac-12 ever since the Stanford-Iowa game. And recently, the Pac-12 has been a joke, but... Anyway, no, I love college football. I actually think I'm pretty good at betting college football, honestly. Um, I don't bet NFL because I suck at it. Like, I'll see a line and I'll bet it, and I lose by a billion every time. It's ridiculous. Like, I just don't bet the NFL. I have a rule. I don't bet the NFL anymore. Um, so, yeah, NFL is hard. But college is, like, it's not easy, but it's relatively easy because there's just so many teams, and there's so little that you can know. And it's just so fun. Like, it's explosive. Like, you can just see an 80-yard touchdown. You don't really see that in the NFL that often. Like, you don't see massive plays. Whereas in college, every Saturday, there's probably like 10, I would say, there's probably over 20 50-yard touchdowns. Like, it's just, that's just how it is. Uh, and, like, betting over and unders is awesome. I love betting overs and just points, points, points. Um, so, yeah, I love college football. Huge Hawks fan. I, I guess I root for North Carolina as well as I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Tar Heels guy. Um, I, I don't root against Iowa State. Like, I want Iowa State to do well, um, except for when they're playing the Hawks. It's pretty simple. But, like, I'm not I'm not one of those guys who hates on Iowa State. Like, I don't like them, but I still root for them because I want Iowa to do well. I want Iowa to represent. Um, I kind of like North, Northern Iowa, but, like, they kill me inside because they're awful. Um, they It was the year they beat Iowa State, my freshman year. They beat Iowa State week one. I was so pumped. And then they're playing Montana. So, me and the boys, you know, we're all lit, ready to get to this game, and we are – you know, buzzing hard, drunk, and just going in. And they get beat over the top, like, three or four plays in a row. Give up, like, four touchdowns. Just getting – just deep routes, just Hail Mary straight streaks, you know, fly routes. And I'm just like, what What the heck? Like, do we not know? Don't let – like, don't let someone deeper than the deepest man as a safety. And uh, it just – it was hard to watch. And you and I hasn't been the same since David Johnson, so – but I still root for them, I guess. Um, other than that, big I'm a big, big Big Ten guy, Kyle. I love the Big Ten. I'm a Big Ten homer all day long. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Uh, what about you? I, I'm the same way as you, DJ. Like, DJ's specialty, and he said this on the very first episode, is MLB when it comes to sports betting. College football is by far my, my specialty as far as betting goes. And I have, like, special strategies that I use that I'm going to keep to myself because I'm going to – I don't give – tips if you want tips 
you're not getting it from me. <laughs> you but, can uh, follow his plays, but he's not giving you the way he met. That's gets right. You can, plays. Follow, you can follow, you can follow my plays, but I'm not telling you why I made the plays I did, but uh, no, you, most of you guys know it. Hawkeye fan, uh, Oklahoma fan. My dad was a fan of both those teams kind of turned uh, me and my brother into fans of, into fans of those teams. I actually got to go down to Norman for one game. Whenever Kyler Murray was playing, it was against the, the army and that game ended up going to overtime our uh, Austin Seibert missed a 27 yard field goal to go to overtime and first first play against oh in overtime against army Kyler Murray scores like a 20 yard touchdown so we're up and then it was fourth it was fourth and goal and army was forced to pass I'm like this this game's over mm -hmm. and army army quarterback threw an interception he had three passes dj in that game Ooh. and two of them were picked off Ooh. oh no so like Not when i say like look. the army the army quarterbacks and like navy even the same way they're glorified running backs oh yeah yeah no they I run mean, i would hate to be a wide receiver on like an army or navy team but anyway no, another story for another time but <laughs> you know, uh, big hawkeye fan big oklahoma fan you'll see me root for both those both those teams I love it. I love a long and I know him and I, we, we give each other good shit. I wouldn't say that we uh, ever get into beef like him and B Russ did, but uh, it's, it's a friendly bet. You know, it's, it's all respect at the end. Like absolutely. He respects Kyle's opinions. Kyle respects his, and they just have different opinions, which that's what opinions are people. Exactly. Um, I, I wish more of the world could uh, act like you too, honestly, like, Oh, you're a Republican. I'm a Democrat. We hate each other. It's like, what, bro, it's just your opinion, man. Like, why? Why can't someone else have a different opinion on you? If there's not a unanimous right answer, like murder is wrong. That's not really an opinion. That's a fact. If you don't think that, then I understand why you would hate someone or not agree with them. But when it comes to opinion of what football team's the best or who's the best player. It's like, bro, it's all opinions. LeBron or Jordan, like, there's no reason to hate the other side. Like, respect their opinion. You have different opinions and move on. But anyway, mini mic drop there, Kyle. Nope, absolutely, DJ. So uh, if you're ready, let's let's get this thing rolling. I know everyone's excited. We got four conferences we're going we're gonna to go through today. So let's get started with the Big Ten. So what will happen is, is I will say a win line. DJ will say over under i'll say the same thing we'll move on to the next one and then at the end we'll talk about maybe one or two lines that we really like so uh dj let's get started we got illinois three and a half i'm going over here okay i'm also going over indiana eight i'm going under eight i'm going under eight as well all right iowa eight and a half i hate to say this but the hawks are ending the regular season with eight wins under eight and a half it's like you read my mind. It's either going to be an eight and four or a seven, five years. So I'm going <laughs> under eight and a half. Uh, Maryland six. Under six. I'm actually going to go over six. And I'll ex explain why in a second here. Uh, Michigan, seven and a half. This may be biased, but under seven and a half. I also like under seven and a half. So that's a good, good play. Uh, Michigan State, four and a half. Over four and a half. I also think over four and a half. It's like me and DJ are thinking the same thing. Uh, Minnesota seven. I'm going under seven. I'm going to go over seven. Uh, Nebraska six. Spearly out of spite under six. It's going to be so far under. It's not even funny. Northwestern six. I'm going over here. Over six. I'm going to go under Ohio state 11. 
I got to go over here. I, I do too. Uh, Penn State, nine. I got to go under. I'm going to go over. Purdue, five. Over five. I'm going to go over five as well. Rutgers, we didn't have a line on Rutgers, so it's under. Out. Yeah, whatever it is, it's under. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the under. They'll get maybe three wins. Maybe. And then we got uh, Wisconsin, nine and a half. I'm going under here. I'm going to go over. So, uh, obviously, you guys saw, but uh, Vegas has Ohio State having the highest win total with 11. But, DJ, what were some lines that you saw that you really, really liked? Uh, so, first off, I really like Michigan State over four and a half. I think they can easily get five wins. They have a pretty easy non-conference schedule. I think they get two or three wins there. And then you got the crappy teams in the Big Ten, like Rutgers, um, uh, Maryland maybe, uh, you know. I think they can scrape by five wins. I think they just need two wins in conference. I think they get three wins outside of conference. So, yeah, I really like Michigan State over four and a half. And then the other one I like um, – Oh, why can't I find it? The other one I really like is uh, go. Where did it go? I, okay, well, I'm just gonna go. I, I actually do like Northwestern over six. Um, again, same scenario. I think they can scrape by three wins in the Big tw- Big Ten, and I think they can uh, get three wins non-conference. Um, they're always a well-coached squ- squad. Fitzgerald, he's still there, right, Patty? Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think he does a good job. I know their team hasn't been amazing, but like six wins isn't hard to do. Um, so I think worst case scenario, you push, but I think they can scrape six wins across. What about right. you? What are your two, what are your couple locks you got for this? Uh, the biggest lock to me that I like is Indiana under eight. You know, Indiana had a pretty solid season last year, but their quarterback, Michael Penix, got hurt, and then they had to start uh, Jack Tuttle, who was okay, but – I mean, they're not that great of a team. Their running game has been very, very below average all year long. Their defense was pretty, pretty solid. But I just don't think they have, especially like in the games they got, you know, they're playing first first week of the year. They're playing at Iowa. You know, they play at Penn State, home against Ohio State, at the Big House, at Maryland, home against Minnesota, and at Purdue, I mean, those are some pretty, pretty solid games. And I just don't know if they have the same talent from last year as this year. So I really, really like Indiana under eight. And then the one that you and me disagreed on, DJ, I like Maryland over six. And I think Talia Tagovailoa will actually have a really, really solid year. I don't think Maryland has that great or has that like intense of a schedule this year that they're not going to get anything like less than six. So I really like Maryland to surprise some people this year. And I think they're going to be a dark horse, but I like uh, Indiana under eight and Maryland over six. I, I remembered my under here, Kyle, Wisconsin under nine and a half. So you're telling me Wisconsin's going to go 10 and two. I don't know if I see that. They, they, they have to lose to Ohio state. And then I think at least two teams in the big, I think, I think Wisconsin ends in nine and three season. I a hundred percent do. I think nine and a half is too much, but I wanted to do one over one under. So that's my under Wisconsin under nine and a half, but anyway, money. All right. So let's transition now to the big 12. So we got Baylor five and a half. I'm going over five and a half. I'm going to go under five and a half. Uh, Iowa State, nine and a half. I honestly think over nine and a half. See, I'm very tempted on this one, but I'm going to go under, but barely under, and I'll explain in a moment. 
uh, Kansas won. This is my favorite and over, baby. <laughs> I'm going over one as well. Uh, Kansas State, five and a half. I'm going to go under here. Under I'm five and a half. Gonna... Yep. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you go. I... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yep. That's right. I'm going to go under five and a half for Kansas State. All right. Oklahoma, Vegas's uh, highest win total in the Big 12, 11. They're going over because they're going to win the Big 12 championship. I'm going to go over as well. No bias. Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma State, seven and a half. I'm going under seven and a half here. As am I. Uh, TCU, seven and a half. I got to go under here as well. Me too. Texas, eight. Probably the easiest one, under eight. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Texas Tech, four and a half. Over four and a half. Yep. I think the same. And finally, West Virginia, six and a half. Under. I'm going to go over, actually. All right. So, DJ, what were a couple lines in that uh, little spread there that you like? So, I don't have any unders I like in this one, but I do have two overs that I really like. I guess I kind of like the Texas under, but they could easily pop off. They're super young and talented this year. Uh, But Kansas over one. Uh, The reason why I like this line is because most likely you're going to push. But Kansas has to win one game. Um, Who do they got in there? Les Miles now? Or did he get fired? I think he got fired. Ah, anyway. I don't remember who their coach, coach is now. I think they win one of their non-conference games, and I think they can somehow beat somebody, upset somebody, and get one conference win. So what I'm playing with this play, I think you're guaranteed to push. And then if they can somehow win two games, then you then you obviously cash out. But I just don't see them going, Owen. Oh, I think they can win one game. I don't think it's that hard, but they've proven they can make it look kind of hard. Uh, and then my other one, Texas Tech, four and a half. I think that's crazy low. I think Texas can easily win five games. I honestly think they'll win six games. Uh, so I, I really like Texas Tech, four and a half. Uh, like I said, I just think that's crazy low. I think five would be more accurate because I do think that they can win five games. I You know, a couple non-conference, a couple in-conference, and you're already at four. Now you just need to upset one game, and boom, you're at five. So I, I really do like Texas Tech line. All right. No, I like it. Uh, I do want to explain a little bit my Iowa State under – nine and a half i think they're gonna they're gonna be solid dj this is this is if there's a year for iowa state to be really really good it's this year you know with the return of Brees hall you got brock purdy coming back pretty much everybody coming back and like i said i'm not saying this to be biased but like oklahoma's returning everybody like even if i wasn't an oklahoma fan i would still say like they're returning literally everybody pretty much on offense defensively they got they're bringing some new people and stuff like that but offensively they're one of the highest rated offenses in the nfl in NFL, Jesus. In the NCAA last year, you know, they're bringing back Rattler, who's front runner for the Heisman right now. I mean, they're going to probably lose to Oklahoma twice. So that's that's two losses right there. And I think they might lose to uh, to Tech. They, they could lose to Texas. I can see West Virginia stunning um, Oklahoma State. I, I just think they will finish second in the Big 12 for sure. But I just think like nine and three is probably a good ceiling for them. But the over the line I really, really like is West Virginia over six and a half. Now they lost their quarterback last year, former Oklahoma player, Austin, Austin Kendall transferred, but they got a, a really solid veteran QB starting this year in Jarrett. I think it's dog doge, but he had uh, he had a 64% completion percentage last year with 14 touchdowns and only four picks. So not too bad. 
The offensive line for West Virginia is pretty solid. I think that they're going to surprise some people this year. And I think six and a half is really, really low. Like I said, I can see them beating like Iowa State or Oklahoma State or Texas. They're going to give Oklahoma a run for their money too. I really, really like West Virginia here. So with Iowa State, just to kind of expand your point and the reason what I'm thinking, they're going to lose to Oklahoma. That's clear. Um, and if they beat Oklahoma, they'll lose them in the Big 12 championship. That's clear. Like if they beat Oklahoma, it'll only be the first time in the season. But secondly, they're going to get beat by someone that shouldn't beat them. And that right there is two losses, one to Oklahoma and one to someone who shouldn't beat them. That puts them at 10 and two. Boom. Yep. It's the over. But I yeah. could, they could easily end up nine and three. Like it, it can go either way. This line, I would. Yeah, this line's definitely tough. It, it, it really is, too. Now, I have some. I have some Iowa State. And like I said, I'm with you, DJ. I'm going on another rant here for a quick second. I'm with you in the fact that I will root for Iowa State whenever they're not playing Iowa or Oklahoma. But some fans make it so dang difficult to cheer for them. I had so many of my buddies whenever Iowa State beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 champion in the Big 12 in the regular season. First of all, Rattler was garbage that game. So like get get the heck out of here. Now, did did I get my revenge on them whenever they won the Big 12? You're damn right I did. But- <laughs> But uh, no, yeah, I I think this is this is a good this is gonna be a good year for Iowa State, and I hate to say it, and I I really hate to say it, DJ, but if there's any year that Iowa State beats Iowa in the Seahawks game, it's this year. I'll give them this year, Kyle. They can have it. We won the last seven, so it, it, the yeah. series is they're one and seven in the series if they win this year. So I really like if an Iowa State fan tries to brag about beating us, it's like, bro, you you lost the last seven. Like, get out of my face, like. What? They've, uh, they've played us for like fifty years. I think they only have like fifteen wins. So eesh. like, like get get the hell out of here. But anyways, another topic, another time. That'll be I'll be a <laughs> I'll probably be a mic drop during. You you can guarantee that I will have one mic drop on either the Hawkeyes or the Sooners some point this college football season. It's got to happen. Yep, for sure. But uh. Anyways, let's transition now to the ACC. All right, so we got Boston College at seven. Under seven. Big time. I agree with you there. Uh, Clemson is Las Vegas' favorite with the most uh, wins in the ACC at 11 and a half. Over all day long. Yeah, I, I there I don't see any team even giving Clemson a close run for their money. They got to uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Duke three and a half. I'm gonna go over here. You know what? I'm gonna agree with you on this one. Actually, I'm gonna go over three and a half. Florida State five and a half. I gotta go over. I've heard a lot of good stuff about the young talent they have. Yep, yep. I've heard the same too. So I'm gonna go uh, over five and a half as well. Uh, Georgia Tech five under five over five. Louisville seven over seven. I'm gonna go under seven here. Uh, Miami nine and a half. This is my surprise pick over nine and a half. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna go under, but not by much. Uh, North Carolina 10 under 10. Yep, under 10 as well. Uh, North Carolina State six. over. Oh, sorry, sorry, over six. <laughs> okay, no, yep, I, I agree. Uh, Pitt seven. Under seven. Big time. Syracuse, three. Over three. I'm going to go under three. Virginia, six. Over six. I'm going to go over six as well. Virginia Tech, seven. 
Over seven. I'm also going to go over seven. And finally, Wake Forest, six and a half. Under six and a half. Like you and me agree the whole time, under six and a half. You would uh, think we rehearsed this. Yeah. Uh, DJ, what were some lines in that 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 you you like? Um, So I do really like North Carolina under 10. Um, They have Sam Howell. They have a lot of good pieces. But 10 and two just doesn't seem likely to me. Um, First, they're going to lose to Clemson. Uh, and secondly, they're going to drop at least one game to Miami, Louisville. I mean, one of the better teams, maybe NC State. Like, they're going to they're gonna lose the, – they probably lose to NC State, honestly. So, they're going to lose at least two, in my opinion. And that puts them at 10-2. and two. Uh, So, at worst-case scenario, you're going to push. I think, realistically, they go 9-3. and three. I think 9-3 and three is a very realistic outcome for them. Uh, and so, therefore, yeah, I think – that is, and then uh, that's that's my under pick. Uh, and then my over pick is probably gonna have to be Louisville. Uh, here's why I like Louisville. Uh, they have uh, Javian Hawkins. I think they still have Tutu Atwell, who are two crazy explosive weapons. I mean, these two dudes are athletes. They are skilled. They are fast. I don't know if Tutu got drafted or not. I'm 50-50 on that. Uh, but anyway, I think I think worst case scenario here, they finish what seven and five. Uh, I think they win their three non-conferences and I think they can scrape the bottom of the ACC. Uh, there's a lot of bad teams. Now, granted, Louisville's going to have a bad loss. They're going to lose to someone they shouldn't. But Louisville's also going to beat someone they shouldn't like a North Carolina, like a Miami. Uh, so I, I do really think they can get seven wins. And that's a push. And then best case scenario, they, they scrape eight wins and you win. So I just think that I think they're guaranteed to go seven and five, in my opinion. Yep. Those are, those are two good plays that I agree with DJ. Uh, Clemson 11 and a half, me and DJ both have over and you get, and people are probably thinking, well, that's crazy. You think they're going to go undefeated until proven. Otherwise I'm going to think Clemson's going to go, go undefeated. Yeah. They lost Trevor Lawrence, but Oh gosh, who's their backup? Bryant. No, not Bryant. Um, I can't think of his name, but I know what he looks like. Yeah, I can't think of his name either, but but he played for those two games that Lawrence is out with COVID. He was solid. He, was, he looked good. He was real for young solid. For getting thrown in, thrown into the fire, he looked good. Yeah, yeah. So, I like I said, until proven otherwise, I think Clemson's going to go undefeated until, like I said, until proven otherwise. And then my, my other surprising team that people are probably going to think is crazy is Georgia Tech. I'm going to have them going over, over five. Now – they they haven't been very good for a long time, but they got some really, really good young talent. Their quarterback is Jeff Sims, who as a freshman threw for 13 touchdown passes, ran for about 500 yards, and scored six times. Not too, not too solid or not too uh horrible of numbers. But then they also have a really, really solid uh freshman coming in, Jameer Gibbs, who had a 24 catches and was second on the team and rushing behind Sims. So they got some really, really solid young talent. Now, mind you, they're in a really, really, they're unfortunately tasked with being in the ACC, but I think they're going to surprise some teams this year. So I think they're going to go over five. Yeah. The cool thing about Georgia tech, if you guys do not know, they do not run the triple option anymore. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago was the first year they weren't running the triple option. So they run a normal offense now. I think some sort of spread offense, but yeah, just a note there for you. Yep. Absolutely. Still can't beat the Hawkeyes either. Nope. Not a chance. Yes, sir. Brandon Wagger. Yes, sir. Our boy. 
Got to get him on the pod. <laughs> we'll have to reach out to his agent or something. <laughs> All right, let's go to our last conference again. Me and DJ did not choose the to do the Pac-12. I just I don't care about the Pac-12 teams. To be truthful for you, there's Oregon and everyone else. I love betting Pac-12 overs after dark, but that's about it. Yep. Agreed. But, uh, all right. So the SEC is our last, uh, conference. So, uh, the Las Vegas has Alabama having the most wins in the SEC at 11 and a half over 11 and a half. I'm going to go under Arkansas six under six. I'm going to go under six as well. Auburn seven over seven. I'm also going to go over seven. Uh, Florida, nine. Over nine, but it's going to be a push. They're only going to get nine wins. I'm going to go under nine. I think they're going to go eight and four. Uh, Georgia, ten and a half. Under ten. I'm going to go under ten and a half as well. Kentucky, seven. Uh, over seven. I, again, I think it's a push here, but. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under seven. Like I said, I think it's, like you said, it's either going to be six and six or they're going to be seven and five. Uh, LSU eight and a half under eight and a half. There's no gonna, way they get nine wins. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go over eight and a half. Uh, Ole Miss seven and a half under seven. They're top. They're mat or under seven and a half. They're maxed at seven. Yep. I agree. So I'm going to go under seven and a half. Uh, Mississippi state six over six here. I'm going to go under six. Uh, Missouri seven under seven. Yep. Under seven as well. South Carolina, three and a half. Over three and a half. I'm going to go over three and a half as well. Uh, Tennessee, six. Over six. I'm going to go under six. Texas A&M, nine and a half. Under nine and a half. I'm going to go under as well. And then Vanderbilt, three. The surprise of them all, over three. Wow, that is a surprise. I'm going to go under three. So, uh, DJ, what were some lines that you liked out of this? Uh, spread here um so first off georgia at under 10 and a half i just don't see them going 10 and 2 they're going to lose to alabama and they're going to lose to one other team uh and i i I don't see them going i guess yeah they have to go 11 and 1 or 10 and or 11 and 2 if they get two losses i just i don't see them winning 11 games i think they're maxed out at winning 10 games and 10 is not enough to beat 10 and a half. I think 11 is crazy. You're going to have Alabama projected to win 11 and a half and Georgia win 10 and a half that neither of them, they both can't happen. One of them has to lose more. Um, so I think it's going to be Georgia there. Uh, and then the over that I really like would probably, I, I, I really like South Carolina over three and a half. I, I think they win two of their non-conference games that puts them at two. And then I think they can scrape by two SEC games. Uh, stun somebody that's not the best in the SEC, uh, like a Tennessee or Mississippi State. Um, and I, I can see them scraping by and going four and whatever it is, four and nine like, or four and eight. Like, it's not a good record, but it's not hard to do. And I think they can do it. Yeah, well said. So I think for me, the lines that really stick out to me is Tennessee six. So Tennessee, like, they don't know who's going to be QB one, they had this Jarrett Garitano who led them in passing. Now is at Washington State. Their back of JT Shrout is now at Colorado. So they're down to their third string, their third string already. So they're really, really struggling with that 
uh, quarterback position, they are constantly too trans transferring like tight ends out of the way too. So they can't ever keep players. This is why I just don't think that they're going to be a six and six. I think they're going to be a below average and one of those really, really bad non-conference games. I think they're going to get upset. So that's a game I really, really like. And then as far as the, the over goes, um, I really mean you disagreed on the DJ. I really like LSU over eight and a half. You know, they're a really, really young team. They didn't, uh, they bought, I shouldn't say they didn't lose any. They lost quite a bit at the wide receiver position, but you know, coach O is really, really good at recruiting and he's going to get some guys in, you know, the quarterback is very, very young last year. He has got room to improve. And just the, the heat that he was taking for not being as good as Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was one of the, the best college football QBs of all time. So to, to put that kind of pressure on him was just ridiculous. But now that pressure thing is kind of off him a little bit. They're focused on other QBs and stuff like that. I think he's out here to prove people wrong. Now, I think they are going to lose to Alabama and some other really, really good teams. But I can see them going nine and three. All righty. Yeah, I see. And I just have them maxed out at eight and four. So one of us can be right. One of us can be wrong. That's really the only way. Very wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. But, yeah, we'll have to keep track, and maybe at the end of the season we can release um, our results as to what we did. Uh, but, yeah, no, that, that's – I mean, just shooting from the hip. But then there's obviously some that we really like, uh, and, you know, we told you those. So we are going to be excited to break down college football for you guys, and I'm sure we'll come up with some cool college football-like segments um but no this was fun kyle and i'm excited to see it's got me hyped for college football man and i know we're so far away yet um yeah. but it i'm just hyped and there is one line each that you and i both didn't state that i have to emphasize is just absolutely gonna hit and i'm not saying this is i'm a hawk of him but let me see this but because i'm being serious nebraska at six are you kidding me they yeah. haven't they haven't been a 500 team in like five years and like, is Adrian Martinez all of a sudden going to win the Heisman? Like, they have such a tough schedule and stuff like that. They lost, like, Wandale Moore was by far their best player. He's gone. They lost Luke McCaffrey that, I think it's like Bradle or something like that, was at Rutgers. You know, I mean, they lost all these people. So Vegas thinks they're going to go six and six? Not a chance, Lance. So a lot of these lines that weren't like 0.5 so like that one's six uh the purdue one's five a lot of them i think are spot on not spot on but like close like i think purdue's going to be right around five wins but i think they're trending over like odds lead to them going six and six over five and seven but i think worst case scenario they go five and seven which is a push now nebraska's on the flip side i think the best nebraska does is six and six and that's the best so odds are they trending downward uh, and so, like, they're probably going to lose. They're probably going to go five and seven or four and eight, you know, like it's just but the best they can do is a push in, our, in the betting circumstances. If you take under six, it's the same way like Kansas. Like, I think Kansas is probably going to win one and one and only game, but they can surprise one team. And now you're at two wins. Like there's so many lines that are at like a specific number that I think that number is either their max or their minimum. So that I'm betting the, or not max or minimum, but it's like right where they're going to get. And then I bet based on which way they trend. Um, in my opinion, it's yeah. It's like that way with uh, which one was it that I had? Um, like I, honestly, like Missouri under seven, I think best case scenario, they win seven. I just don't see them winning eight. It's almost like you can't lose that bet. 
because there's no way Missouri's winning eight. Uh, so they'll probably win seven and you'll push. But also, they probably will just go six and six or five and seven. Like, that, I really do like some of those lines because worst case scenario, you push. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's, and that's the fun thing about college football. So we're, we're really, really excited for it. We're actually – uh, we might be having a, a college football show here coming up. We're kind of getting some details worked out about that, but those that's kind of TBD at the moment. But me and DJ are just hyped about college football. We're ready to just get the season rolling. But uh, DJ, you got anything else to say before we wrap up with the end of the show promotions? Um, nothing I can really think of. Uh, yeah, no, I, I apologize for us not tweeting out many picks out of the gambling feud this week, but we just don't have any lines. Um, if you want me to just pick random tennis matchups or random soccer matchups, I can tweet. But I like to pick – I like to do picks that I'm okay with betting myself. That way, if you lose, I also lose. If you win, I also win. I kind of like doing it like that. And I'm not throwing any money on a tennis game or a soccer game. So bear with us. But Friday, I promise you I'm going to have a 10-card 10, 10 day Friday, and I'll probably go 5-5. Five and five. Yes, sir. All right. Well – yeah, so we're, we'll have we'll have more games coming here soon. Bear with us. Like I said, we're not going to give you cards for stuff that we don't really know in particular. We're not going to force bets either. That's not fair for either of us or fair for you guys. So we're just going to keep on grinding, though. But to end the show, uh, as always, you can go to our website, www.codasportscappers.com. We get daily articles coming out. Our man Dan is posting some soccer articles. Pace is coming out with some college football week one articles brs is coming out with articles i mean we got articles up the wazoo so if you're looking for sports betting articles check it out at the website code sportscappers.com uh, if you're active on twitter follow us at feud gambling me and dj normally post five picks a day it's different like I said now with just nothing on but we have picks all the time and we'll post our this podcast or daily our daily uh our random poll and all those other stuff as well. So interact with us at Feud Gambling. Uh, we're going to have another pod dropping next Wednesday. We will have a guest picker next week. That is a for sure. He's ready to roll. We're excited. We're ready to get back and see, have some people try to join the Elite Eight. So we're ready for that. Uh, if you haven't already, be sure to listen to our buddy Pace and Brandon's podcast, the Mount Lockmore podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That was the OG podcast of the code sports gambling network so be sure to check that out uh dj's new podcast the high and inside podcast with his buddies alex long and jacob thompson that comes out on apple Podcasts and spotify again that is a like r-rated gambling feud where it's just three buddies just talking sports it's awesome i love listening to that and then be sure to follow our other cappers on social media at coda capper pace at brus 35 at pumba cakes at Campbell D. Josh, at Bread Bread Zero, at Dan Angle 11, and then our specific Twitters. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Combdog and DJ. Wrap it up for us. As always, at DJLO4422. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we will see you next week for an electric guest picker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud, partnered with Coda Sports Gambling Network, hitting bets, hitting bets, hitting checks, hitting checks, making necks, making necks. I bet, let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks.
Locks on locks on locks on locks I don't need the keys when I get locks Hitting them wagers like I'm a pacer Doing it major LA Lakers Locks on locks on locks on locks Locks on locks on locks on locks I don't need the keys when I get locks Hitting them wagers like I'm a pacer Doing it major LA Lakers